Oh dear. <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm Justin Meyer. Uh, today I am joined by Allie Carroll, uh, who is a great photographer here in Des Moines with me. And uh, welcome. Hello. Hey, Thanks for is, having me. This is only like the second or third one I've done, so I don't really know how to do any of this yet. But um, I first want to start by just saying that Allie has been in the industry, what, like 10 years now, right? Almost 10 years. And I've been in about that long, maybe maybe a year or two more. I think. I don't even remember. Probably longer than me. A teeny bit more. But um, Allie has been like a force like a, just a huge name in the industry. And I feel like she's been one of the most, <laughs> we're recording down in the studio, that's a horn hogging, I don't know. Um, she's been one of the most influential people to me, uh, partially because uh, I'm really competitive. And a few years ago, she told me that she did something like 40 weddings in a year. And I was like, well, if Allie's doing 40 weddings a year, then I need to do, you know. So I think I've watched her work and her sense of brand and really, really admired it, the business side of what she does. Um, I, she has been a huge, huge motivator to me, whether she knows it or not. I don't know. Do you know that I've thought that over time or not really? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Allie and Logan Clement are two people that uh, just have pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and challenged me, especially because I think you do a lot of things differently than me, which is why I'm kind of excited to talk to you because the assumptions that I would make are probably not true because it's just how you've gotten there has been, has been different. Is that fair? Is that fair? <laughs> well, I would say my start is a little bit interesting and I don't know. Yeah, how'd you get in? How'd you get into photography? So I went to school for fashion design and during that time I would take pictures of my classmates, of things for class projects. Um, but my main focus there was creating clothes, creating um, like a collection and things like that. Um, and then I joined the Trend Trend Magazine and joined the photography team on there. At Iowa State, right? Yes. Okay. And found that I was spending all of my free time focusing on photography and editing. And I was scrambling with the school part. And I was um, unmotivated, uninspired with that part. <laughs> but I was growing a side kind of photography business um, while shooting things for free, um, just experimenting with light and cameras. And when I say cameras, I'm talking a Costco camera with a kit <laughs> lens for like $500. Um, and that was my second camera because the first one I kind of stole from my mom who got hers also from Costco. So kind of a very humble beginning, I would say. Um, most of my first paid work was found through Craigslist from me posting really? desperate ads. Yes. Um, and I would never recommend this to anybody. Um, in <laughs> fact, I don't allow this at my own weddings, but I would post ads asking to be a third shooter at a wedding. No way. And so the first quote, quote, <laughs> wedding I photographed, well, I was a third shooter. So the bride and groom asked their photographer um, if I could tag along and they put me up in a hotel for three days in um, Greenfield, Iowa, like an hour from Des Moines. Yeah. I, this might get embarrassing, but. This is the best news I've ever heard. <laughs> go ahead. So I bring my friend with me because I'm a little nervous to go. I was probably 20 or 21 at the time, 
literally I had not shot a wedding, a paid wedding at all. I was just trying to get experience, quote, quote, grow a portfolio. Yeah. Um, and so I did have permission from the other photographers, but the groom approached me after this ad and asked if he could pay for my stay for three days in a hotel if I photographed the rehearsal, rehearsal dinner, wedding, um, and wedding brunch. And so my friend came with me, we drove to Greenfield, Iowa. I got there, we checked into the hotel and I remembered I didn't have any memory cards. No. So we went to the front desk, I asked the concierge lady or whatever in oh, Greenfield, you're in Greenfield. Iowa. Yeah. yeah, where's the closest even close. Walmart? Jordan Creek, West Des Moines. <laughs> So luckily there was a Dollar General. I bought my memory cards there <laughs> and third shot this wedding and ended up working with the photographer the next weekend as a second shooter. Interesting. So those photos were in my portfolio, which I don't allow any second shooters to do or third shooters. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, and so I would say I got kind of a weird start, but I had a passion for it and I wanted to work hard and I wanted to see where this could take me. That is amazing. That really <laughs> amazing, is amazing or embarrassing. I'm not I so mean, sure. I, what I appreciate about it is that, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that are getting into the industry now, and they like, they go to Best Buy, they spend four thousand dollars, and then they make a website, and they're like, I cost three thousand dollars. Yes. So yeah. I like it that. I mean, it's like I hit every price point on the run, yes. like three hundred bucks. Yes. Three hundred fifty, four hundred, four hundred fifty-five. You know. So yes. I appreciate when. People actually feel like they. I think you appreciate it when you have to work for it at some point. Yes, my first paid <laughs> wedding um, was also from a Craigslist ad, and it was I got paid fifty dollars an hour, and I paid my quote quote assistant who was my sister in law fifty dollars for coming, and bought a bunch of pretend gear at the camera store to make my pop up flash look larger and yeah. Have have a softbox on it and I attached a monopod to make it look like I had this more impressive gear than what I actually could afford. That is great. Um, okay, let's, we don't have to, we don't have to follow the whole story <laughs> from there. But ten now, years later. yeah, 10 years now. Um, tell me how, like, how would you describe your style? Well, I think my style has been, I would say, I try, have tried to make it consistent you have. throughout the 10 years. Although when I look back, you, I see, you know, terrible editing. And, <laughs> but I was trying. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to make it look like the inspiration photos that I've saved over time. Yeah. Um, and so I would always go back to that. And these photographers' work that I would save um, and admire. And I would study them and try to figure out what are they doing? How are they editing? So I thought with the limited knowledge that I had as I grew, I thought that I was doing that until one day I realized this work looks nothing like what I'm <laughs> wanting. So I went and researched the photographers that I was really um, admiring and found, shoot, found that they were shooting with film gear. So I decided, well, that's what I want my work to look like. I yeah. want a big change in my business. Um, so I'm just gonna order the exact same gear that they have listed that they use. So that's what I did in 2014. I bought my first film camera and I tried using it all wedding season and portrait season. Um, and I was getting it developed locally 
which is fine, but the scanning and the developing is different. So when I would get my scans back, I was really disappointed and it just kind of made me feel down. Like, this isn't for me, I can't do this. I thought that I could, you know, do anything I set my mind to, but obviously this is not working. So I basically used the camera as a paperweight for a year <laughs> to two years. And then finally, after having my son, I realized I did not want to spend my life behind a computer. And so that is when I picked up the film camera again, invested in, um, good quality scanning and developing. And that's when I saw a huge shift in my work, um, which led to a huge shift in my pricing. Yeah, and you're, when you send stuff out to good labs, they, they have people that edit it really, really well and kind of can match a style profile. Is that how it works? Yes, so there's color packs. So it depends yeah. on your lab, but I use Richard Photo Lab. Which is like um, one of the, Top yes, two. they're you know awesome. I mean? yeah, they're they're like, speedy. Yeah. I get things back really, really fast. Um, and yeah, so I, I shoot a certain way, um, overexposing the film, and then I send it off, and then I have preferences. So I, I say that I want it warm and airy and light and cool. low contrast, that sort of stuff. Yeah, because I, I shot... Okay, so I use some Visco presets that are all based off of Portra 400. Yeah. And so I felt a little unethical doing that if I'd literally never shot any film ever because I, oh, I, I got into okay. it I got into it afterwards so I never even knew what it was supposed to look like so I've ended up doing a handful of Visco or of Portra 400 just to like oh you shot film I shot a little bit yeah. of film to, and honestly like out of the first six rolls three of them came back blank because I literally didn't load the camera right I mean yeah. I'm like terrible terrible at film it's hard it, terrible it at takes, film I mean it took me two years that which is a really beautiful part of the process because I I I admit that I don't see, I have not seen a lot of the value in film, but the majority of times I've seen it done is not when someone actually uses this as an extension of, they don't want to actually like fight and wrestle with the tools or take the time. Yeah. They just want it to be like, done. oh, I want it to look like that, so let me right. do this. Or kind of like a, a false nostalgia, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, this is film, so it's like my grandpa used to have it. It's like, I think that's a good reason, but like, may the best image win. Right. The beauty in film, though, is that it actually can create the best image. It yes. can. In the, I mean, and the idea of it is like, even though we have these, you know, 200 megapixel cameras now, if you actually use a film camera correctly, it has a little bit more capability than digital, and it's a different process. Yeah. So I, I at least appreciate and respect that, like, the process takes <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, it's not overnight. And I, I think... It's the right tool for the right job. Yeah. So I walk into a wedding or a shoot and I have both on me. So film and digital. Yeah. And I have two different digitals that I use. And so then I either choose digital or film and then I choose between the two digitals. So film needs a lot of light. So you can't use it all the time. It's out mostly for receptions unless you have open air. And so that's why I'm super into these weddings that are outside in a tent, all of these things. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And not during the winter months when we have no light. <laughs> we have no light, literally no light. So I just think being a, a photographer with experience and knowing how to walk into any sort of situation and figure out what gear you need to use to create the best image is yeah. being a good photographer, no matter if you shoot film or digital. Yeah, and I, I think it goes completely against this, like, quick money, brand new photographer thing where like, 
I, uh, yeah, I'm, you're like one Costco trip away from being a photographer. Right. <laughs> where it's like, no, you, you actually understand the difference. Um, and a handful of your film stuff is medium format, is that correct? Yes, so, so all of the film. Okay, so for me, again, I'm not the expert on this, but your sensor is actually a different size. And you can see, like for me, if I look at probably the top 100 images I've ever seen, I bet 80 of them are all shot on medium format. Just like the way looking through the lenses look, it just looks a little bit different. It looks a little bit better. It's a little bit more beautiful. And uh, I can't, I have not chosen to afford it yet myself. Um, it's expensive. <laughs> correct. I, I did one commercial shoot once and I hired Austin and Logan to assist me. And it was like, I had them work like my caddies where I was like, I would shoot it on digital and be like, Okay, so I think the, I helped you with the shoot like that. <laughs> Maybe you did. I was like, okay, just hand me the camera yeah. completely ready to go. I'll yes. press the button. And that's the only thing that I, I'm so bad at, I'm so bad at film that unless somebody just uh, hands the actual tool to me completely ready to go, I would mess it up. Well, it's a lot more <laughs> forgiving. It's a lot Maybe. more forgiving. So if you just. Yeah. But I'm so instant gratification that like... Oh yeah, the waiting. Like the, the cool part about the new Nikon Z6 is that like while you're even taking the picture, looking through the viewfinder, it updates. So I don't even have to wait oh and look goodness. at the back of the, cal the camera. I can just do it. So I'm, I am probably not the person that's ever going to shoot film unless for yeah. some reason I have some project where somebody wants to pay me specifically for that. Right, which you have to charge differently. That makes sense. The, that makes sense. Yeah, because you're... a huge expense. Yeah. Okay, so then if you're going to run down your current gear setup, what does that look like? So right now, um, for portrait sessions, I shoot almost 100% with the Contact 645. Um, and then the film depends. So if I'm shooting outside and it's sunny, then I go for the Fuji 400. If I am shooting outside and it's cloudy, usually Portrait 400. Okay. And if I'm inside and it's cloudy or sunny, usually Portrait 800 or Portrait 400. Um, Fuji 400 needs so much light. So I do shoot it inside, but it can get muddy really quickly. Hmm. Um, and when you're dealing with kids or people that are moving, you know, when I'm inside, most of my shutter speeds are like 1 over 60 for Fuji. So you need something faster. So that's where you go. Um, with a with a f film stock that you can push a little bit Kay. higher. I mean, it's funny because like you're, we're kind of speaking the same language, but what you're talking yeah. about is a whole different thing. Yeah. I mean, it just it is like you just when I shoot digital, I just oh no, I just move my eyes so up. Right. Like there's just no similar. Because yes. in some ways, digital is really forgiving, especially on like the really high end cameras now, yeah. where it's like. I shot a wedding reception the other day and delivered files that were shot at like ISO twelve thousand. Yes, so my film would be black. Correct, yeah. <laughs> so that's where it's like the right gear at the right time. Um, for weddings, I mix digital and film because weddings can only be done once. Yeah. So with slower moments that I have time to like curate and slow down, I shoot with the Fuji GFX 50. Sweet, which is so, a, the big medium format digital camera. Yes, right? but it it has its drawbacks. It's slower, and but yet I can use the Zeiss 80 lens so I can yeah. get film look. Yeah. Um, and so that camera is the easiest to match to film files. So okay. if I'm in a situation where I guess I need digital versus film, I use that camera. Um, and then I can have a reference photo to match the rest of those files. Now with dancing or kids or... <laughs> 
wedding parties that are walking or sometimes not behaving, I use the Fuji X-T2, and then I'm gonna add another Fuji X-Series body to my the gear three? this year. Is that, did they just release the three? I, I think I'm they terrible. did. I think they did. I keep up more with the film stuff than <laughs> the digital, but I always have the digital in my bag with flash and all of that stuff for the times when I need it. Cool. Um, do you feel like you had like one definitive lucky break, or is there like one thing that you're like, this one put me on the map, or? Or was that like a certain year that you feel like this is the year that things really took off or? Well, I don't know if I'd call it a lucky break, maybe a lucky camera. I would say, so when I was shooting with my Costco camera, it was a Canon 50D. And I shot probably 40 weddings on that thing. Um, the year that I bought the Canon 5D Mark III, my so images were everything. sharper, yeah. I was faster, the colors were better. Um, so, my work was obviously looking better. So it just kept growing. Um, and I think the following year, that's when I booked 40 weddings. I also, which I know we don't always agree on this part, <laughs> but I also started doing styled shoots. So yeah, yeah. I found myself in a place where I wanted to be shooting a little bit differently than the work I was naturally getting. Yeah. And so I worked with some vendors um, in town and we started creating shoots of vibes and weddings and styles that we wanted to see more of in our portfolio and so i started doing that and the weddings that i started getting changed more like, yeah. yeah so one of the things that i think is one of the main reasons why i feel like i've disagreed with you is not because you do it you do anything poorly but it's because i feel like you've done it well and it has created i feel like i've I think that Des Moines is full of a handful of like Ali Carroll knockoffs. Or I see a lot of people's work that seems really heavily influenced by you. Or at least you were the first person around here doing it. And so some of your methods, I feel like, I've been critical of the method, but the funny part is it's like, it's not your fault. So it's like, I, I haven't, it's, the annoying part to me is not that, that you did it, it's that then everybody did it. Yeah, and so there I are mean, times where I've been like, yeah, a styled shoot in a market when nobody's doing anything like that yeah. is a great idea. But then all of a sudden when there's more styled shoots than weddings, right? or there was a time where like, I, I have been, I've had some really amazing weddings where I've kind of been like, I couldn't make a wedding cooler right. than this. And so I'd rather shoot that. But if, if you don't have a work that, um, that's the way that you want it to look, then I get it. Like, because we don't go into McDonald's and try to order a, a vegan wrap. You don't, because McDonald's has what their menu is. So yeah. in general, people come to you and say, I'll have what she's having, and they want right. the, what you already do again. Right. And so doing styled shoots for you gave you the opportunity to show what you were capable of, and then you've ended up booking within that, which has been great for your business. It just so happened that then everybody else liked it and right. then followed. <laughs> right. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm unique or anything because I know it's been, it was happening on the coast. Yes, correct. And then it came here. And now I think... You're so coastal. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think a big tip that I would have or maybe a no-no that I would say is style shoots are great. They're great to experiment. They're great to have some extra time with a couple or a bride to... Um, just curate maybe some poses that you want to use in real weddings or experiment with lighting or different things. But 
you'll you'll get yourself in trouble if that are the if those are the only it's images your you're showing. Or something yes. like that. Yeah. You have to have real wedding experience. You have to know how to how to run a real wedding timeline. How to, I mean, styled shoots they last five to ten hours <laughs> with setup and prep and shooting. Yeah. Wedding days are also that long, but you have maybe thirty minutes with a couple. Correct. So you need to know how to do things fast. And if you're if you're trying to book weddings off only styled shoots, your cl your clients are going to be really disappointed when they figure out you can't work under pressure. So yeah. you need more than just pretty images to it, book real weddings. It's not a it's not like a fully realistic uh, promise. Right. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, there are people that are capable of doing great things in styled shoots that maybe aren't cut out for weddings or something like that. Yeah, get into the commercial stuff. <laughs> that's where I'm heading. Yeah, yeah, let's all head over there. Um, that's that's good to hear. What's uh, Do you feel like you have one wedding or one shoot that was like the craziest thing you've ever done or anything that you're like, this is as good as it gets? Well, I think I shot my best wedding. My favorite wedding was like three or four years ago. And every once in a while I've been like, am I ever going to shoot anything quite that crazy yeah. again? Crazy? Like I don't know. I mean, weddings always bring a little crazy. <laughs> I would say our, our planned style shoots, they are a little crazy. I don't know if anybody knows the work that goes into them. Um, best wedding or one of my most favorites, because honestly... How it's do so you fun. pick a yeah, favorite? And you like get to be a part of these people's lives. Right, right. They're all absolutely amazing. And yeah, okay. I think my most, maybe my most surprising moment was when I had this couple book me. Um, they were telling me about their wedding. I had no idea who they were. Never met them. It was all through the phone or email. <laughs> and then the groom gets on the phone and is talking to me and then asking me about privacy and you know how I'm going to share the images and different things. Super, super kind couple. Fi come oh, to find out, yeah, okay. he's an ABC TV star. I had no idea. I was, <laughs> I was, I mean, just cue the nerves. Um, nicest couple though. Super, super great wedding. Very easygoing. Uh, but I was probably the most terrified to go into that wedding because I did not want to let them down. They were used to working with, you know, photographers all over the place. Interesting. So I don't know. <laughs> I had okay. So I booked a wedding. It's a bridesmaid from another wedding. So I only knew this girl and I had never, and she lived in Chicago. And then her wedding was in, uh, um, gosh, what's the name of it? R Rhode Island. So we flew out there and Andy came with me. So I was like, Andy, I can't, I, think I, saw this I can't pay you. I can't pay you, but if you can get there, you can stay in my hotel or, or I'll pay you my normal rate. Which, Free vacay. Correct. So we went there. And he came up to me and he was like, dude, do you know what the groom's last name is? And I was like, no, I actually don't at all. <laughs> I'd met them like one time for at another wedding. And we'd done this little, like a quick shoot with them in the morning. But I didn't actually know them well at all. And, she, and he's like, it's Vanderbeek. There's two place cards over there for James Vanderbeek. Dude, the beak is here. Which is a guy from Dawson's Creek. And I was like, no. I don't think that that's real. And then we both turned around and he was just standing oh, right my there. Word. And then it ended up being like, uh, the wedding was just kind of out overlooking the ocean and it, there was like a self-service drink bar. So James Vanderbeek went over there, like got himself a drink and then is walking and everyone's like, dude, how'd you get a drink? And he's like, 
duh, I'm a celebrity. And it was like, <laughs> we just clearly seen him grab a drink. There was only 60 people at the wedding and he was really kind. And I like geeked out a teeny bit and got a picture with him. <laughs> you gotta do Which it. I was embarrassed by. <laughs> and I like deliberately made a point not to photograph him a ton. Cause I was yeah. like, you don't want to get, and it's his, it was his cousin's wedding. So it's like, you don't want to have a whole bunch of pictures right. of your cousin. Right. Like I, James Vanderbeek is not paying me a dollar. But his cousin is, so I'm gonna do the wedding yeah. for his cousin. So right. I, but that's like, I have never done anything cool. Like, and nobody's ever called me to do anything cool. I shot Steve King, but that's not very popular right now. <laughs> well, that was my my first and only so far. Yeah, so. we'll see. Um, do you have any projects you're working on right now that you want to talk about or tell us about? Like, what are you what are you in right now? Or oh gosh, well, I am the in the works of a few different things. As a creative, I just feel like maybe you feel like this too. Your mind is in so many places. <laughs> you have so many ideas. Um, my this time family, of year is the worst too, because yeah. you have time, so you're like, yeah, I should start this. Right, I'm gonna do this. You wouldn't believe I'm how gonna... many domain names. I, I should do a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so my family jokes, you know, what business are you starting today? This week. Um, so right now, I think being a stay-at-home mom and working um, on weddings and photography, I am trying to work on some things that I can do at home so I don't always Great. have to be out. Um, and so I'm working on helping other photographers, um, offering virtual mentoring, education, and then I have a stock shop I'm working on for creative entrepreneurs. With my love for styled shoots and traveling and setting up scenes, you know, wherever I am at a cafe or if I make dinner at home, it just kind of felt like a natural fit Good. to use these photos to maybe be able to provide for my family. That's awesome. We'll see. <laughs> Do you have any, let's say that some people that are listening are younger photographers. Um, and I think we'll kind of dive into this in kind of the second part of the podcast, but do you have any thoughts on here on like just how, like advice that you'd give to younger photographers? You just have such a presence in the industry and such a strong You're brand. You're so kind. No, you, I mean, if we talked, if we asked people in Des Moines, like who are the photographers that they know by name, it's like they're gonna come up with your name pretty quickly. Well, young photographer. So I guess when I started, I am a self-taught photographer. So. I think having that drive and that passion to want to learn and not just want to ride on somebody else's coattails um, is important. You need to seek out information, whether that's paid or free on YouTube. Um, you need to show that you're willing to work hard. I have gotten a lot of emails that ask, can we get, for co can we get coffee so I can pick your brain? Um, and as much as I would like to get coffee with everybody, my main priority is my family and my clients. Yeah. And so. I think if you have some specific questions that you want answered, um, I've shared multiple times that I will get on stories and lives and answer those on Instagram. Um, and so I think that's a place where you can find a lot of stuff, but I just think having that drive um, and not just being self-serving. Like if you, if, you want, if you wanna learn somebody, what can you bring to the table also to help them? Like how will your presence at that wedding or that shoot help that photographer um, so you're not just you know, copying everything they're doing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, is there any any plug that you would make for any kind of gear? Is there anything right now that you're like super jacked on? Oh dear, you know, I keep it pretty simple. I would say gear wise. You keep it pretty simple. You say, <laughs> she's got like With a- With my medium format you know, camera. Medium format. 
It's just, it's really simple. I just have, you okay. might have less of it because it's so expensive. <laughs> well, it but. is expensive. Um, okay, so I would say gear and one other thing. So the camera that I was completely, blah, completely surprised by um, is the Fuji X-T2 and then whatever is coming out or has come out. Okay. So I've been telling all of my vendor friends, um, florists, planners, you know, they want images of their stuff. But they can't, one, they don't always want to pay a photographer, which, come on, <laughs> you're helping us. Um, but another thing, you know, sometimes you make an arrangement or you have a table setting and you need a photo now and, you know, you just want to be ready. So I have been telling them it's the easiest camera to use. Yeah. You can see it on the screen. You make the adjustments like a film camera where you are adjusting the ISO and the aperture and the shutter speed. And you can see it when you're holding it up what what changes you're making so it's really easy or it's easier to shoot in manual um, than any other camera I've worked with yeah. um, and then the other thing it's not gear but as a wedding photographer and now stock and doing different styled things um, having the proper styling kit so that means interesting boards I use heirloom bindery and I'm about to invest in either the layout collection or um, Locust, I think is what it's called. They're roll-up boards that you can bring to every wedding. So there's literally no excuse, Justin, <laughs> not to get those detail photos and not to make it cohesive with the couple's brand and your own brand. So my, every photographer is different, but my business really focuses on details and yeah. in a very specific way. So if you want that, you have to do the work to get that to happen. It doesn't, your bride doesn't just supply you with all that. No, stuff, so. no, they don't. No, they, no don't. they don't. <laughs> well, let, let's let's get this too because one, this is one of the areas where I think you and I are most different, and I, I just literally don't think this way, and you do such a good job of it. And when we've talked in the past, you've said, like, okay, so when I talked to Logan about it, he shot a little bit with you, and he's been like, dude, the weddings don't always look that good. Like, Ali is a genius <laughs> at taking a situation where maybe somebody didn't supply you with anything and you've given them these images that are incredible. So nice. Absolutely incredible. I mean, but that's what he always said because I was like, dude, I'm not gonna shoot this because it's not here. And he's like, it isn't there for Allie either, but her work, um, I think that's one of the value that you add is that you create these still lifes that are absolutely phenomenal. But I believe that you're creating them yourself. Like it's not, <laughs> you're not walking in and oh wow, right. every, well the invitation just happened to fall onto the floor in this right. perfect way. With the oh, ribbon and whose thimble is this? You know what I mean? Yes. So, so you're bringing that stuff in early on in my business, or actually probably I probably didn't even have a real business, but I was <laughs> trying, I was trying, 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 and um, one of the first like quotes that I heard or advice from another photographer was this this specific person wanted to shoot the World Series. That was their goal. And they were so disappointed because they were only getting like sports locally, um, t-ball games and high school games, and all this stuff. And so they just kept trying. And one day he said it clicked that if he wanted to shoot the World Series, then he had to make the t-ball games look like the World Series. And so this photographer related it back to photography and said, I don't care if you're shooting in a church basement or you're shooting at a country club with a gorgeous Sperry tent. You make, you make each wedding look consistent and you make it look like it could grace the pages of a magazine. Um, and so that is my goal. That's why I bring the things that I bring. That's why I do location scouting for clients. Um, and 
I don't know. I think you with locations is just, it's the bomb. I don't know how you get on those ledges and all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say I'm lacking in that area, but I try to keep all my locations really consistent your, with my brand. Even if I shoot details. at the art center every week. <laughs> <laughs> your details are so good. And like when I look at your stuff, that part of it, I just, I don't even understand that part of your brain. Cause I just, I, my brain doesn't work that way, but I love locations. And so, I mean, I think yeah. that we all have our, different, yeah. yeah. And, and, um, we're going to get into this in the second part because I'm actually really, really excited and pretty passionate about, um, the second part. And, uh, I'm just going to tease it here <laughs> is that we're going to talk about, uh, creating a brand because I think that Allie has done, has the, I don't know of anybody in Des Moines that has a brand so closely associated with your name. You know what I mean? Like your style is your brand. Like we, we don't say, oh wow, that looks Austin Day-y, <laughs> but I will tell people it looks like Allie Carroll. You know what I mean? Like you know your images if you see them in a whole row. That's really so. kind, thank you. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, and you should listen to part two. <laughs>